Injuries? What injuries? Bayern Munich take care of business against Lazio. A real commanding victory against the Italian side. And Chelsea, thanks to a great goal from the beautiful man that is Olivier Giroud, makes it one nothing against Atletico Madrid. We have Jonathan Johnson and Jimmy Conrad to recap Tuesday's Champions League action. Stay right here because Que Golazo begins right now. Hey, welcome everybody to Que Golazo, our Tuesday, Tuesday recap. We have Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson as we discuss both games here. Uh, well, first of all, Jimmy, how are you, bud? I'm good. I am excited to break these games down because I was pleasantly surprised by some of the performances and disappointed in some others, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, JJ, how are you, my friend? Very well, thanks. Glad to be back with both of you. Yeah, and that's it, really. Let's let's get <laughs> let's get into it. Hey, Jimmy, let's begin with uh, Bayern Munich, the defending champion, against Lazio. Um, they routed Lazio four-one. Uh, I don't know what to say aside from the fact that Bayern were very good, Lazio were not. Talk to me about this game. I was disappointed in Lazio. If you guys haven't seen the goals, I don't know what youth league you played in as a, as a kid. I played in AYSO. I've seen better defending in AYSO rec league than what I saw from Lazio today. Just, just, I don't understand. I just don't understand where you could get this malaise and just this lack of urgency. I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought that Bayern Munich were going to come in and have this malaise because they've accomplished so many things. They got nothing left to prove. All my bets reflected that. And it was actually the opposite. Lazio came out, were flat-footed, made a mistake that gave Bayern a ton of confidence. Lewandowski pounced. And, and if you give a team like Bayern Munich half chances because of your mistakes, they punish you every single time. And that's what makes them the best club in the world, in my humble opinion. Maybe a Man City's the, the, the currently the hottest one, but, but when it push comes to shove in a game that's a one-off, I would take Bayern over Man City because of this ability to finish half chances. Lazio now have no chance. Four away goals for Bayern Munich get out of here, you know? And I was just disappointed in Lazio all the way through. And that's a bit of a shame because they have some talented players. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Well, happy to say that I was right, but, <laughs> but I'm not going to That's always take... nice to say. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I'm so happy, but I'm not completely happy because I honestly, I thought it was going to be a win for Bayern Munich, as many did, but I didn't think it was going to be this uh, overwhelming. And I did definitely not expect this terrible performance from Lazio, if we're being quite honest, Jonathan Johnson. I, I wasn't, I think the first goal, the defensive mistake uh, that allowed Robert Lewandowski to score first, just basically set the scene. See, Jimmy's so upset at this. He's just eating his oatmeal right here because he wants to, he wants to really nutrify himself. <laughs> he can't even hear us. But Jonathan Johnson, talk to me about this game. I was really disappointed with Lazio. Yeah, hugely disappointing. Uh, you know, I think looking at the game at the beginning, I was expecting Lazio to come out, be very motivated and to make a mistake as early as they did. I mean, it wasn't even the first error either because, uh, you know, there was a good ball pinged across the, the, the face of the goal by Kimmich. 
uh, quite early on. Lewandowski quite uncharacteristically failing to connect with it. And that really should have been the wake-up call that Lazio needed in order to get them into the game. And instead, they go and gift Lewandowski the, the chance a couple of minutes later. Uh, and Bayern were out of sight by half-time. I mean, I have to give credit to Bayern for showing this much character, showing this much hunger. I mean, we heard Lewandowski speaking exclusively to CBS before the match, uh, you know, about how Bayern would be focusing on themselves and not what other teams are doing in the future to try and turn their form around. Uh, and it seems like that's exactly what they did. You know, I think Hansi Flick managed the game really intelligently. You look at his bench, you know, he only had six substitutes there uh, compared to Simone Inzaghi. Uh, you know, he managed his players very well, brought Goretzka off after an hour when he's only just come back from COVID-19. Uh, you know, and, and putting Jamal Musiala in from the start, you know, absolute masterstroke, came off very well, took his goal uh, excellently, showed great maturity. He's only going to be 18 uh, in a couple of days' time. Uh, you know, and it, to be honest, I, I'm just, I did expect Bayern to win this game. I just thought it would be a lot tighter than this. And to be quite honest, you know, I thought Lazio were, were fortunate to even come away with a consolation goal in this performance. Yeah, very quickly before I go to Jimmy, JJ, because you have the player ratings on the website. Um, who, who really stood out for you that was just terrible? Terrible. Well, it, was, it wasn't me who was covering Lazio, thankfully. But from a <laughs> point of view, I don't think there were too many poor performances. Uh, you know, it was just a very solid, but yet unspectacular Bayern showing. You know, I don't really feel that they ever got into top gear. They didn't need to. Uh, yet and they still won comfortably so for me I'd say Musiala was the pick of the bunch considering he performed with such great maturity for somebody so young but I do think that the the pace from Komen uh, and Sane you know really uh, gave Lazio a lot of problems and Goretzka as well to to come in and play the way that he has done after after being out for the last couple of weeks you know that was also quite impressive yeah Jimmy let's go to you here uh you know just to Jonathan Johnson's point, there is more from Bayern, especially all the injuries that came with it as well. But I just, I'm very disappointed at Lazio. I just, I really thought that they would have a much more compact plan. And it just wasn't to be at all. I mean, they got that one goal in the second half, whoop-de-doo. It just, it didn't show <laughs> me anything. And I did say Leroy Sané was going to be a problem, and he was. He was. Oh, go ahead. I'd so like go ahead, to hear from you guys is if uh, you feel that the penalty shout that Lazio had uh, 1-0 down would have changed anything because they had that penalty shout then Bayern go up the other end and score. Jimmy, go ahead. No, I think, I think that for sure would have changed something. I think they got down on themselves. I, I'm sure there was an emphasis on let's just not let Bayern score first and they gave up a really cheap goal with a bad back pass that led to that one. Had they gotten that back, got their confidence back and said, okay, fine. We made a mistake. We got one back on a penalty. Then yes. Uh, I think there would have been something different though. To your point, JJ, overall, given how well Byron was playing and how unsure of themselves, lots of your word, just in general, I think, I think Byron probably still would have won the game, but it would have been a lot closer and given them more of a chance in the second leg. I'm also pissed from a betting perspective because I said, Chiro the hero to score any time. Uh, and he takes all the penalties for Lazio. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter in a lot of different ways. But, yeah, that would have changed a lot of things. To Luis's point, though, the back three and Lucas Leva, the, the captain, number six, who protects that back three, just an incredibly bad performance by everybody, even their wingbacks. Like, everybody that had the responsibility of playing some D just got absolutely just, – just, just looked bad. Either bad back passes, lack of energy, not seeing plays through, taking, take, being lazy defending – and they got punished. And like I said, you give half chances, don't see things through against a team like Bayern Munich. 
you're dead. And they were dead. 4-1, it's over. Yeah, and listen, the the, the, the bet going against Jerry Mobile, you can't do anything about that. You, it's going against nature. You knew Jerry Mobile <laughs> has every right to score in this situation. I know, I know, it I know. It just didn't happen. No, I mean, if I'd gone heavy on Bayern stuff, everything's just, there's just not a lot of value there. You have to get really deep in the exotics to make some money on Bayern Munich. And I thought, I don't know. I just, I just thought Lazio were going to do something today. So yeah, you, well, you got to gamble to gamble to win, baby. That's, That's the way That's to do That's it. it. Um, any final thoughts from this game, Jonathan Johnson? And then I'll go to Jimmy before we move on. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the other things that struck me uh, watching this Lazio side is I think they struggled so much against Bayern because you look at the key, some of the key members of that side and they're getting on now that, you know, they're really old. You've got Reina in goal, Leva, uh, you know, even Chura, the hero, is getting on. He's in his early 30s. I mean, okay, he's probably still got a couple of years left at the top, but some of the other guys in that team, you know, they're, they're in their twilight years uh, and it's it's difficult to really see what more they, they, they can give this Lazio side because there are some very good elements to it. But unfortunately, those good elements are the ones currently always being linked with moves away. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, concluding this game? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Hansi Flick, the manager of Bayern. They looked, I don't know, washed, I think is the word the kids like to use today. They just looked a little washed, looked a little bit tired. And they had Eric Chupamotin starting as the number 10 in their last two matches only got a draw out of those two matches. So they dropped some points there, giving RB Leipzig a little glimmer of hope there in the Bundesliga, even though we all know it's not going to happen, but him putting in the, the 17 year old Musiala who ended up scoring for me is a stroke of genius going to give that player a lot of confidence as well as building that rapport and trust with all these experienced players around him. So that's, that, that's a good sign for Bayern as they start to blood new players and, and what Lazio isn't doing to JJ's point, right? Where are the younger players for Lazio that are going to kind of help take over that responsibility as these older players transition on? And we already seen Bayern do it. So it's always nice to be a Bayern Munich fan. And again, we can feel the same way today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's a good sign, by the way, echoing something that I mentioned earlier today, which is, listen, the thing about Bayern and Hansi Flick's biggest task, which is to your point, Jimmy Conrad, about sort of rotating a little bit, is that, you know, when you have such an amazing year in 2020, right? Bundesliga, the cup, Champions League, you end it with a club World Cup. What do you do? Like once you reach the mountaintop, you got to stay there. You got to find another height. You got to elevate yourself. It's difficult. It's not easy because you're trying to keep motivation with all these players. Obviously, they're professionals and they're going to try their best. But in terms of objectives, like what do you do? I mean, you've said it before, right? What do you do after you reached everything? And I think that when you bring in these young players and other players that uh, perhaps are not always seen, it helps when they add to the fact that not only are they winning, but they're winning in the Champions League in the Champions League away from home and with a really good result to take back home uh, in the second leg. It's a good result all around for Bayern Munich and one to ponder for Lazio. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the other game uh, where, ugh, man, Jimmy, you mentioned at the beginning you're disappointed with some... Atletico Madrid really pissed me off today. <laughs> Everything that I said didn't happen. I thought that, listen, it's two legs. Like, why are you sitting? Like, just go all out. Just go all out. There's no, you know, I don't understand. They were sitting a lot, but give a lot of credit to Chelsea, of course. They win one nothing. Olivier Giroud were a great finish. It was double-checked by VAR. Uh, they take that to the bank, and they'll take it to Stamford Bridge. Uh, it's a very good result for them. Atletico Madrid, very passive, which is everything that I didn't think were going to be. I mean, there were, there were signs, but definitely in the first half, uh, I, I didn't think they did enough. But Jimmy, give me your thoughts on this one. As Chelsea win one nothing, another good result for Thomas Tuchel uh, and his uh, Chelsea side. 
Well, I remember JJ said in the preview that Thomas Tuchel is very good at designing tactics for one-off games. Yeah, you know? JJ that, killed it on this one. That, that stuck with me. And, uh, and I think that's a big reason why PSG got to the Champions League final last season. They weren't two-legged affairs. They were one leg, and I thought he had a masterclass in particular in the Champions League semifinal against RB Leipzig and all the hype around Julian Nagelsmann. And Tuchel's like, sit down, little boy. You know, these are what tactics really look like, and they won 3-0, and it wasn't even close. So, so I think we saw a little bit that uh, Tuchel didn't put the, the hand in the face to Diego Simeone this time around, but he did do some things that I thought really frustrated Atleti. Atleti didn't have any shots on goal. What, I just, what? They were averaging 10 shots uh, a, a game in La Liga, and they should just be able to generate a little bit more, especially against the back line that we thought they could get at. We talk about older players. Lazio, I think, have just as old defenders as Chelsea, and uh, they couldn't do anything about it. And I really think they did a good job on suffocating the spaces for Joao Felix and Angel Correa to find. And there's really no link-up play. I thought those two players in particular, we talked them up, we hyped them up. They're obviously super talented. Just couldn't find those gaps to really to explore and to maybe try things, to be creative and that's to Chelsea's credit. And I thought that not starting in Golo Conte was a risk because he's a little bit more physical and, and Atleti's very physical. But Jorginho actually was, a, was another masterstroke from Tuchel and, and he did what he needed to do. He got a result. Olivier Giroud scores a great goal, finds himself in a good spot. We talked about how much value he would bring. He loves scoring against Spanish teams for whatever reason, specifically in this Champions League. And fair play to Chelsea. I mean, it wasn't pretty, but and I kind of want all 90 minutes of, those, of my life back watching that game. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great result for the Blues. Yeah, they got to win. And listen, Jonathan Johnson, you deserve your props right here because uh, Jimmy's right. Listen, one of the major things uh, that happened was exactly what you said. Thomas Tuchel is very good at analyzing a game-by-game -game basis, especially in a two-legger, especially in a knockout situation. Yes, PSG is a machine and a good squad, but he got them to the final. And tactically, he got this spot on, as Jimmy said. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, anything that stood out uh, as Chelsea wins one nothing against Atleti? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm delighted that it sort of panned out the way that I predicted that it would. I mean, I just had a good feeling that, that Tuchel in such a short space of time would have really concentrated on that match, uh, especially as he's still in this phase of trying to work out exactly what is his strongest starting eleven. Uh, and I think the thing that I found the most interesting about this, I mean, kind of to Jimmy's point, where Atletico didn't have any shots on target over the whole match, you know, Chelsea still managed to, to have two, you know, the 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 setup that Tuchel had put in place there was that Chelsea would be more clinical, that they would make the most of those opportunities that they had when they came their way. Obviously, it took a moment of magic from Giroud and uh, you know a big slice of luck with VAR because we all know how much of a lottery that can be. Uh, but it, it paid off. They get the results uh, and now they go back uh, for the second leg with a, with a lead to defend. I'm curious now to see how Tuchel sets the, his team up for this second leg because he's often better when the team are chasing the, 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 the game or they're considered underdogs in some way. So now that they're considered favorites to advance because nobody's going to be expecting Atletico, uh, you know, to, to be able to take the game to them and, and outscore them, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it unfolds. But yeah, very much so disappointed by this uh, Atletico side like you guys. You know, it kind of just feels like the, the season's losing a little bit of momentum at the moment given the, the domestic dip in form and now what's happened here in the Champions League. Uh, but, you know, very impressed by Thomas Tuchel and the way that he actually managed to, to pull off what I, what I thought he would do. Um, and now he's got a bit of time to work out or had to gain a better idea of what his strongest 11 will be before that return leg. Yeah, very, very good stuff. All right, any final thoughts from this game, uh, Jimmy, before I ask the final questions uh, about uh, the second leggers? 
Christian Pulisic got to play three minutes and he's got a fantastic beard. So I'm just excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> Doesn't it look like we talked about this, like he bought the beard somewhere. Yeah, it, it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks like it's been glued on just to make him look older than he really is. Like he's trying to like buy some cigarettes when you're like, oh. exactly. <laughs> all right, let me ask these final questions before we go. All right. It's obviously early, but it's why I ask it. Initial thoughts. Looking into the second leg, I think I know the answer for Lazio, Bayern Munich, but it'll be more interesting with Atleti, Chelsea. Uh, who's going through uh, <laughs> after the second leg? Let's begin with you, Jimmy Conrad, and Lazio and Bayern. I think if Lazio score first, then at least that puts a little bit of pressure on Bayern. Bayern aren't going to relax by any stretch of the imagination. And then you think, all right, well, they can welcome Thomas Muller back into the team and Serge Gnabry will probably be back. And then I think now Lazio's got no chance. But if they can score first, that could put a little bit of doubt, seed of doubt, into Bayern's mind, but they have too, too much experience. And, and I suspect that even if they get a draw on the second leg, that's more than enough to see them through. Yeah. JJ? Yeah, likewise, I can only see Bayern going through in this, uh, this scenario. The one thing I would be curious to see is how Bayern handle the situation in the Bundesliga these next couple of weeks, because you'd expect them to now focus on that, you know, kill out any possible threat of, a, a, you know, of their title hopes being dashed. But if they were to drop points again at some point between now uh, and the second leg, you know, that might change the way that Flick approaches the match, you know, rotates his squad. And with a rotated team, you know, if Lazio do score first, as Jimmy said, you, you never know what can happen, especially in this season of all seasons. You know, it just seems like the unexpected is, you know, is actually something that can feasibly happen. But in this particular case, I cannot see this Lazio side uh, mounting a comeback. I think it's going to be take, you know, sort of a remontada level of, of miracle for, 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 for that to happen. Uh, before we finish with the questions, and I know we've still got the, the Chelsea Atletico second leg to... To, to discuss. I was wondering what you guys make of the, the situation with Pulisic. I mean, Jimmy mentioned that he got a couple of minutes at the end. You've already got Thomas Tuchel, you know, talking about him not being uh, on for sale this summer. But in my experience, having seen Tuchel say that kind of thing about a player, it means that that player is not necessarily at the forefront of his plans. You know, where do you guys sort of stand on Pulisic's future at Chelsea under Tuchel based on what we've seen so far? Well, Jimmy, let's go with you. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll state that I was nervous for Christian Pulisic when they started buying Zayek and Havertz and Timo Werner. Frankly, I thought that he was doing enough and performing well enough. That why would you want to go get depth in those areas and break the bank to sign players that are just like the ones you have? You know, so they might have seen something that obviously we're not privy to see on a regular basis. Maybe they know that he's injury prone. Maybe they know that he they can't count on him in a meaningful way. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like there's something there because they went out and spent a lot of money on those types of players. And they already had Mason Mount, who has some similarities to Pulisic as well. So that gave me some pause. And now with Tuchel coming in, I thought, oh, cool. They played or they, they worked together at Borussia Dortmund. He's going to understand. And the fact that he understands Christian Pulisic, knows who he is, and now elects not to play him. Yeah, that makes me really concerned. And I think that uh, Pulisic should be looking at different options at this point, honestly. I mean, you, you just get ahead of it. You want to get minutes as much as possible. You got big qualifiers and stuff for the national team as well. And he's going to need games to stay sharp for that type of stuff and, and play in a World Cup. So, yeah, I'm nervous uh, for all you Christian Pulisic fans out there. Yeah, and then not much more to add. The only thing I would say is that there is actually not that much of a history with Pulisic starting a lot with Tuho, even at Borussia Dortmund. And mm -hmm. the other part that I will say is that the formation speaks for itself. There is like Jimmy, there is no place for him. Mm -hmm. There just isn't. You know, his width comes from his wingbacks. 
That, Christian right. Pulisic is not a fullback. He's a winger, an inverted one at that, that likes to come inside. That's not really the Tuchel way. And even if Pulisic maybe features a little bit more century, just like Jimmy said, you have Mason Mount, you know, uh, Timo Werner, you know, there's plenty of other options. And of course, he still has cuts in the toy to think about. Reese James as a fullback and Sayek, we haven't even talked about. It's just the pecking order is just getting tougher for him. And I'm with him. I'm with Jimmy 100%. He needs to leave. Forget about Tuchel's decision to keep him. If I was Pulisic at the end of the season, I'd say, listen, boss, I need minutes. I need you to just take me out alone and put me somewhere if you're not going to start me because I need to really represent what I can do on the field. And that's not going to happen with Tuchel and this formation unless injuries happen. That's my two cents about it. I just, Pulisic's uh, best skills are when he's further out wide, inverting inside, and that's just not what Tuchel wants. All right, let's, uh, let me ask you now, back to Atleti Chelsea. Uh, speaking of Chelsea, of course, same question as uh, Bayern Munich and Lazio here. It's a little tougher because it's still just a one nothing margin. But Tuchel has proved that he can, you know, uh, tactically outmaneuver Diego Simeone at the very least for this one game. Uh, so, Jimmy, let me ask you first, what do you see happening in the second leg at Stamford Bridge? Well, I think it's going to be harder because Thiago Silva will most likely be back in the team and, and he's better than Christensen, even though I thought Christensen was was good today and he did the job and and did what they needed to do, right? They were tough to play against. They closed the spaces down. I thought Espilicueta was very good today in particular. He's been very good since uh, Tuchel took over and, and gave him more responsibility. Uh, I'm actually looking more at Atleti, not surprisingly, since I, I, I have some love and, and admiration for them. The fact that they started with Saul and Koke in the middle of midfields, that's what they did against RB Leipzig in the Champions League when they got knocked out by the German club. It's just, anytime that happens... I don't know. You guys have your favorite teams and, you know, JJ can speak to, to PSG. Like, Oh, if you see this one lineup, you're like, oh, okay, great. We're not going to attack the same or it's just like, okay, we're going with this formation. It's the same thing. When I see Diego Simeone roll out Saul and Koke, who obviously are incredible servants for the club, but they really are limited in terms of going forward. And I really feel like they missed out on potentially putting Thomas Lamar in the middle. And he's been good since there or, or, or Hector Herrera or, or, Yana Carrasco, or anybody that will go forward a little bit. You know, Carrasco uh, was missing today. I think that was a big loss. And not having somebody else that's a little bit more box-to-box in the midfield, middle midfield, I thought really hurt them. Not Kieran Trippier, obviously. He provides some good width, gets forward, you know. And I just think when those guys come back into the team, it lets you are going to be a little bit more dynamic. But then you still need Diego Simeone to, to elect to do that. And he just has, especially in Europe, he's very conservative and just tries to eke out these results, which is why I predicted a 1-0. I just predicted the wrong 1-0. And uh, I think that's what needs to change from Atleti's perspective. And they're so good defensively, they shouldn't limit them too much, but they need more attacking prowess. And then I'd like to see what Thomas Tuchel does to counter that. But to JJ's point, he does struggle a little bit as being the favorite. So we'll see how Tuchel hopefully doesn't over-tinker. Well, give me, give me, give me a prediction. What do you think is going to happen? I'll say 1-0 to Atleti. Because I saw them do it at Anfield in the last Champions League. Like, just no way they can get a result at Anfield against Liverpool, and they did. So I think they're going to find a way to scrape through, and then an extra time, I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but I hope Atleti does it. <laughs> JJ, uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm keen to see if Tuchel can now kill off the tie because I'm pretty sure that's what he's going to try to do. We saw him choke out uh, RB Leipzig in the group stage with PSG. It was a really drab 
1-0 win, Neymar from a penalty, and then Leipzig through the kitchen sink at PSG, but just weren't able to get the breakthrough. And I'm wondering if it's going to be a similar approach to this match, just to ensure that Chelsea get through to the quarterfinals. It wouldn't surprise me to, to see Atletico score. Uh, you know, like you guys, I'm not expecting Simeone to suddenly get creative, uh, you know, and, and bring a, a bunch of invention out of nowhere. However, I think that I can see a repeat of my prediction for this match, which would be a 1-1 draw, and obviously that would be enough to, to see Chelsea through. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's Atleti, you take the lead, uh, and then Chelsea, you have to find that equaliser. And if it does go to extra time, uh, I still reckon that Chelsea will find that second goal in this tie. Yeah, I'm just going to say this, which is uh, what Jimmy mentioned a little bit about the injuries. Yannick Carrasco was a big absence today. So was Herrera. So was Kieran Trippier. And Trippier will not be part of the second leg, I believe. But Carrasco might. Herrera might. And I think that might help Atletico Madrid a little bit. I just focus... Because the thing is, Llorente is Diego Simeone's Swiss army knife. Like, he does so much for him. And unfortunately, for, uh, for now, he's been doing a lot defensively. But if he can offensively be more of a service, it's more of a problem. The only way that Atletico Madrid gets out of this is if they do a 180 and they go back to what they know they're good at, which is like in your face, selective pressing, be physical and just try and be super direct with the counter. You just didn't see it enough today. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but if Simeone can 180 this and say, screw this, we're one nothing down, let's go all out. And then you get Yannick Carrasco back, you get Herrera back, you get a little bit more of that support in the middle, then maybe then maybe they can do something. I'm, I'm, I think that this is going to be, I'm with Jimmy again. I think it's going to be a one nothing to Atleti. It'll go to extra time, but I'll even put my neck out even more. I'll say Atletico will take this. But, you know, I could be wrong again because Thomas Tuchel has been so good uh, in terms of figuring all these teams out. And I'm probably going to be eating all my words uh, in, in about two weeks, but we, we will see what happens. All right, before we say goodbye, any final words on anything as we take a break until Wednesday <laughs> and then there'll be a big break next week. But anything you want to talk about, even tomorrow, even tomorrow, as we discuss these games, we've already had the preview out with James Bench and Jimmy. But JJ, let's begin with you. Anything that you want to say as we say goodbye? Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of uh, fascinating games coming up. You know, how does this injury hit Real Madrid uh, deal with Atalanta? Atalanta, I mean, obviously they were the, the neutrals favorites uh, last season. They've become sort of a little less mainstream darlings this campaign because they've been a bit more inconsistent, but they can still pull it out of the bag on any given 90 minutes. Uh, and I think against a vulnerable Real side, you know, I think that Atlanta will, will really fancy their chances and try to pull out one of their vintage performances of the season uh, here. Gladbach against City. I'm just hoping it doesn't get too brutal uh, for Gladbach. Uh, the other thing I would like to say, I mean, we've already talked about him, uh, you know, Muziala about to turn 18. Uh, Flick was saying some interesting stuff in the build-up to the match that something happened recently. There have been some talks uh, going on, suggestions that it might relate to a new contract, but then also a hint that he's made a decision regarding his international future. Uh, of course, he's eligible to play for England and Germany. So I'm going to be very keen to see if there has been a decision made on that uh, international representation front because he's going to be a massive coup for either of those national teams. Yeah, absolutely. That's one to watch for sure. Jimmy, final words from you. I just love the Champions League. I can't <laughs> wait for more games. I'm sad we have to take one week break, even though we'll be doing podcasts. 
uh, it just won't be around the Champions League until it gets kicking up again for leg two. I'm just, I just love this competition and I love all the talking points and I love seeing the best players in the world go after each other. Yep, I'm with you. Um, what a way to end that, of course. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. JJ, thank you. Guys, always a pleasure. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube.com forward slash Kegolasso. You can see this video and many, many more. I hope you keep enjoying the Champions League. Stay with CBS Sports. We have so much content to... <laughs>